Hello all and welcome to Bow My God. I'm Bo. I'm going to be your host. So Bow My God is going to be a unique mixture across two platforms. I am going to have a personal vlog called Bow My God on YouTube that's going to follow around kind of like my personal transition, personal moments. It's just going to be kind of an addition onto this podcast. This podcast is going to be kind of an insight into current events, vocabulary, history, learn more about queer culture, things that make our community so great. It's going to be a unique experience where we all can kind of follow me find myself. There is about an equivalent population of transgender men as there are transgender females. However, while there is very, very tiny representation of our community as a whole, it primarily is um, represented by transgender women. So I wanted to put another male perspective out there and just address an area that isn't addressed. I am hoping that this will help someone the way that all the resources I have found have helped me. So with that being said, this podcast and the vlog are brought to you by Up Motivations. Up Motivations is a small organization um, <laughs> made up of one at the moment, aka me, and it is an organization that aims to be a community for everyone. Um, a place really for all LGBTQIA, SB2 plus people to feel normal, whatever normal is to you, right? We all know normal is not actually a measurement. It's a very subjective term. Um, so we're, we're just a place that everyone can be, find a little home, find a niche, find a place that celebrates them, encourages diversity, believes in basic human and civil rights and one big part of that is just understanding yourself and figuring out who you are. And that's something that I turned 29 this week and I've been struggling with my entire life. So if I have, I can't even imagine what people who have been less fortunate than me have been through. So we all need to stick together. I want to talk about up a little bit more. Um, let's see, it started in 2016. I founded it in my living room in Pennsylvania, a very small town outside of Philadelphia called Phoenixville. Um, back then, I was having a lot of mental health issues. We, we, I say because I, speaking about my wife and I, we were newly out as lesbians, which obviously we'll talk about that a little later because that's not what I consider myself to be now. Um, but I didn't really have a lot of confidence, a lot of self-motivation, did not... I needed to be held accountable and I thought I could be held accountable by holding other people accountable and it seems I was not ready for that. So here we go again, 2020, a little more refined, I'm a little more stable, life's a little more stable and we're all sitting at home. So what better time to do something for someone else? So that being said, let's talk about me a little bit. So this has kind of been, 2020 has been a new phase for me. Um, we've been home since about March is now almost August. Isn't that unbelievable? I don't know about you guys, but for me, this has just flown by. I, It's simultaneously been the longest and shortest time period that I can act, excuse me, accurately remember. Um, anyways, so I am, I'm in emergency management and firefighter EMT. My background is a lot of like community service, public service, public safety. I've been a police dispatcher. I've worked on ambulance, worked in fire trucks. Um, now I work in emergency management. I have a background in speech and hearing, human development, um, family studies. Let's see. I dabbled in audiology, dabbled in speech pathology, ended up getting a master's degree in homeland security 
with a specialization in public health preparedness. And my thesis for that was about mental health for first responders. So my background really in mental health is personal. It's, let's see, it's been surrounded in an occupational way, in the way I grew up, generational trauma. It's kind of had a little bit of everything. So it's a, it's a good place for us all to start and learn together. I was... I come from a background where I'm, I've been very misunderstood my whole life by myself and other people, so can't really fault anyone for that. I have dealt with imposter syndrome my entire life. We can talk about that a little later. And most recently, I came out as a transgender man, non-binary, to everyone, to work, to my parents, friends, family. Um, so that's been uh, quite a quite an adventure. So to get into the background and where I want to start... I figured what better place to start this podcast off than with legitimate history, right? Like, let's talk about where the gay revolution and queer history in the United States really started. Let's start with the fundamentals and work our way up. So I really want to start with Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera. They are the absolute, like, mothers of the original gay revolution, um, this podcast episode, episode one, we're going to really focus on MPJ, we're, excuse me, we're going to focus on Black Marsha, and then we'll deal with, Sil- deal with, that sounds terrible. We will talk about Sylvia, who is incredible, next time. So here I want to open with a quote from MPJ herself. Um, it says, I know people think I'm a stupid little street queen out here begging for change because there's nothing else she knows how to do. First of all, we'll come back because that is a preposterous thing all in itself. Yeah, we'll come back to that because, yeah, that doesn't sit well. If you can't tell, Stupid Little Street Queen, episode one, that's where we are. Again, oh my god, just want to bring out moments that are just like, are you flipping kidding me? Like, is this actually okay? No, it's not. None of this is. And that's one of the things we're all kind of realizing now, right? That we all grew up with these expectations that the world is a certain way and the way our parents taught us is just the way the world is to everyone. But in reality... We are the people who are here to make change. We all have to do something because we're all just passive and watch this all go by. What's going to happen? Nothing, right? Like, ew. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But so anyway, let's get back to Marsha. So Marsha was born on August 24th in 1945. Elizabeth, New Jersey, for those of you being from PA, New Jersey, you know, we have a little bit of a bond. Um, So she was born to an assembly line worker and a housekeeper. African-American. She was a drag queen social activist. She was so confident in who she was that she knew at the age of five that she wanted to dress as a woman. She was assigned male at birth. She got her high school diploma, moved to Greenwich Village in New York in 1963. We all kind of know, well, maybe we don't all know. Let's talk about that for a second. So a lot of gay culture back in the New England and Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York area, um, really led to the transgender individuals that came out that weren't accepted, ended up moving to the cities, right, where they could find more people like them, find resources, find food, find anything. So a great example of this, actually, you should check out Pose. I know now I'm talking about like the 80s and the 90s instead of the 60s, but Pose is a series on Netflix. It is about trans, queer, Black, Latino, city culture. Black Marsha moved to New York 1963. Took her a little while to settle in. 
took a little while to settle on a name, went by Black Marsha for a bit, that's where that came from. I actually love, so coming out for me, one of the hardest things, picking a name right, it's challenging. Like you don't pick your original name, you're assigned a name and a sex, <laughs> we can get into that later too. And you just, you have to live out this name and it's kind of your legacy, it's how people interpret who you are, it's your first impression, you turn in a job resume, you apply for something, what is the first thing people see? Your name, right? So like, it's a lot of pressure to pick a name. For me, I, I never liked my name. I had a, a huge struggle with my name. It was just, it was really hard. So I got you, Marsha. No problem, girl. Take your time. She ended up, this is my favorite part. She ended up picking a middle initial. This is the part where I'm struggling right now. But she picked an, a middle initial P, right? Marsha P. Johnson. P stands for pay no mind. This girl, again, ahead of her time. Marsha pay no mind Johnson. It's a common saying of hers. Something she told all the people, pay no mind. Don't bother with those people that are sitting here saying shit about you. They're sitting here staring at you gawking. Who cares, right? Like, no. So she just became such a part of the queer revolution. Let's see. The part that most people recognize her for is her participation. 1969 with the Stonewall Riots, right? It was a queer bar. So it was run by the mob. And... It was a typically, like, cisgender, white, gay bar. And the Stonewall Riots, which were instrumental in queer history, which we will also talk about another time, began on June 28th, 1969, went on for several days, spawned the very first gay pride march, liberation march, really. She was instrumental in that. She was arrested for that. She took front center stage on that. I mean, she did that, obviously, for years and years prior to this. This isn't just, just new, but... She was so worldly recognized as one of these first publicly known transgender individuals that she actually was painted by Andy Warhol. She went to jail. I feel like I'm not doing her justice right now. I'm so sorry. So Marsha P. Johnson was an AIDS activist. She was diagnosed positive in 1990 with HIV. She fought tirelessly for the gay community, the transgender community, Black community, poor community, Brooklyn community, everyone. She was just, if you needed someone to have your back, Marsha was that person. Um, unfortunately, Marsha was found on July 6th, 1994, drowned in the Hudson River off of the West Village Piers. They, they, this is a tough one. They originally believed it was a suicide and they didn't open it back up until 2012 when it was pushed and information was found for them. She was 46, died at 46, found in a river. I, this is like a terrible thing. We all think this is terrible. But let me, let me tell you something. Here's another oh my god moment. Are you ready for it? Monday, June 8th, 2020. Yes, you heard me. June 8th, 2020. A disfigured body was found in the Schuylkill River in Philadelphia. Again, another city, another river, northeast, not very far. And that body was actually the body of a black transgender woman. Her name was Dominique Remy Fells. She was found southwest Philadelphia, dismembered in the river. Her legs were severed. I know that's graphic, and I'm sorry for sharing that with you, but here we are talking about how terrible this was in 1994. We're talking about it today in 2020, this year. So... Her legs were found separate from her body in a separate bag. This is how much someone else took out their own self-hatred on her. 
She's been constantly dead named, misgendered. It's terrible. This is just all stuff that's happening today because people just don't know. So in 2020, there have already been over 23 deaths of transgender or gender nonconforming people. It's July. Let me soak that in. I want to talk about this for a second. I want to take a moment and I want to read the names and the places where these poor individuals lost their lives because they were transgender or gender nonconforming, something that has been around since ancient time. So let's take a moment. Okay, I'm going to give this a go reading these names and I apologize for those that I might have missed or those that may happen between the time I record this and the time it's posted. Unfortunately, as we all know, there is not enough coverage of this information and there's not enough. It's not always the case that when someone who is transgender or gender nonconforming passes away that their family or relatives or whomever is taking care of this stuff post-mortem actually make sure that they're represented appropriately. So not every person who identifies in this way is recognized in this way upon their passing, which is another terrible thing. But I want to read these names from 2020. Dustin Parker, 25, shot on New Year's Day, McAllister, Oklahoma. Luisa Ruiz, Puerto Rico. Yampiaroco, 19, trans man, Puerto Rico. Monica Diamond, 34, black transgender woman, Charlotte, North Carolina. Lexi, 33, transgender woman, Harlem River Park, New York. Joanna Metzger, transgender woman, Baltimore, Maryland. Serena Ramos, 32, Puerto Rico. Leila Sanchez, 21, Puerto Rico. Penelope Ramirez, Puerto Rico. Nina Pop, Missouri. Kelly O'Regan, 20, San Antonio, Texas. Hallie O'Regan, 20, San Antonio, Texas. Tony McDade, Tallahassee, Florida. Dominique Remy Fells, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Rhea Milton, Liberty Township, Ohio. Jane Thompson, Mesa County, Colorado. Selena Rias Hernandez, Chicago, Illinois. Brayla Stone, Dallas, Texas. Shaki Peters, Louisiana. Bree Black, Pompano Beach, Florida. Mercy Mack, Dallas, Texas. Drea McCartney, Louisiana. Summer Taylor, Seattle, Washington. Marilyn Cazeros, Farley, California. Thank you. So to wrap this up, I want to talk about a few question answers, a few personal little notes. I just, I want to recommend Disclosure. It's a documentary on Netflix about trans representation in the media and history. And honestly, it is the first thing that really gave me a moment where I could look at something and just really fully understand where my culture came from and the history of, for lack of a better term, my people. 
So, um, I, I just, I've never, I never sat in a room and really understood what it meant to be queer or what it meant to be different. I've always been a token. I've always been one of those friends. I've always been that couple, you know? And so it, it was really cool coming to Seattle last year in 2019 for the first time, going to a pride party and sitting on a deck and every single person around me was gay. And if not gay, they were trans. And if they weren't trans, they were some part of the queer community that I apologize for assuming, but, um, it just, it, everyone related to me and the stories they told, I understood. And the things that they said were, they hit home, you know, it's just, it was such an eye-opening moment for me about what it felt like to feel again, that normal, that the way that every single person around you is similar to you and understands you. And that just, no one should have to wait until they're an adult to feel that feeling. So disclosure is a great current example where trans men and women are represented. The crew is trans, the talent is trans, the stories are trans. Check it out. Definitely recommend it. That's on Netflix. And that's not a plug. It's not an ad. It's just genuinely, it's the first time I really felt seen and I can't, I can't boost that enough. Um, so let's see. The first question I want to answer is why did I decide to use a vlog in a podcast? Here's why. I've always wanted to have a podcast. I've always wanted to talk on radio. I've always, I definitely am definitely more, definitely am definitely everyone. <laughs> I'm definitely much more confident behind the scenes than I am in front of the camera. That's something I'm working on. That's something that I'm trying to tell myself that, you know what, people might hear what I want to say and they might want to hear who I am and they might want to see who I am too. And I'm not less than, and I'm not a background character. I can be the lead character in my own life. And so we're going to work on that. That's why we're doing a vlog because it's a short little way that I can pop in front of the camera, give a few personal experiences, and then go back to talking on my podcast behind the scenes. <laughs> but I want to, I want to have a way to connect with you all. I want you all to connect with me, please. I want this to be as interactive as possible. I want to take you along this journey. What to expect next. Okay. So what to expect next is going to be the release of the vlog, the release of the podcast. And so like I said earlier, we're going to try and have this be an every other week production. I would really like for the podcast to go every two weeks and the video to be a little more often, you know, a vlog can be as often or as unoften as I want it to be. I don't know if that's a word, but stick with it with me for a second. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but so in the opposite weeks of the podcast, I want to have a different vlog come out with up. Um, and that one's going to be very excited because not only are you stuck with me, Bo, but you will also have Rose, my wife. Um, she and I are going to do a little vlog together every other week talking about relationships, talking about what it was like for me to come out with her, what it was like for her, what it's like to be together. And just, yeah, we're going to talk about marriage and love and all those fun things. Um, so please, thank you for listening. Please join us in all of our upcoming things. If you are on Instagram, follow at up underscore motivations. You can find me. I'm at Bo Brad's. B-E-A-U-B-R-A-D-S. Again, that's on Instagram at up underscore motivations or at bow brads. So thanks for listening. This has been episode one, Bow oh my God, and hope to see you guys later.